0: Welcome to the Policy and Planar English Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Laban. Today, we're picking up where we left off in our season exploring food access as part of healthcare. If you need a refresher of what we discussed before the New Year's break, you can find those earlier episodes at plainerenglish.org. So far, our conversations have focused on a common element of food-based work in healthcare, which is prevention. We eat a healthy diet today so that we don't suffer poor health outcomes in the future. I may not know exactly what poor outcome I'm avoiding, but I know there are plenty of diet-related diseases to worry about, and I want to avoid all of them. Taken more expansively, you could also say that we find ways as a community to help people access nutritious food so that they have more resources, time, money, energy, to put towards other needs, such as medical care. Today, we're going to take a sharp turn downstream. And instead of prevention, we'll be looking at food as treatment for specific medical conditions. Joining us today, we have a national leader in this work.
1: I'm David Waters, and I'm the CEO of Community Servings. We are a nutrition program and medically tailored meal provider serving the state of Massachusetts. Traditionally, most people think of food in the context of food insecurity and hunger relief and, you know, the work we've done over the past 50 years to address hunger in America. And when we think of it in the context of healthcare or public health, it's generally a prevention tool or what I would call an upstream intervention. You know, if we can improve the diets of children, they're better, they're more likely to do well in school. They're better to have good physical development. They're going to go on to uh, a successful adult lifespan, et cetera. What's unique about medically tailored meals as a food intervention in the context of healthcare is that it's very downstream, which is to say we we define what we do more as treatment than prevention. One could certainly make the argument that we are also doing prevention work, but we, we expect to see changes in health outcomes in a matter of, of months as opposed to years or decades.
0: The mechanism for achieving this treatment-focused food intervention, as David says, is something called medically tailored meals. Like so many things in the food and healthcare space, there are phrases used casually and phrases used with specific meaning. There is specific meaning behind medically tailored meals.
1: The definition that we use nationally is that medically tailored meals are delivered to individuals living with severe illness through a referral from a medical professional or healthcare plan. Meal plans are tailored to the medical needs of the recipient by a registered dietitian nutritionist, RDN, and are designed to improve health outcomes, lower cost of care, and increase patient satisfaction.
0: When he says the definition that we use nationally, the we in that statement is the programs that make up the National Food is Medicine Coalition. And they know what they're talking about. This approach has been developed over 30 years, starting in response to HIV and AIDS and expanding over the decades to reach patients with many different conditions. You could say we're now in the second generation of medically tailored meals programs, and a hallmark of programs today is their ability to address multiple dietary restrictions based on medical need. Here's an example of this distinction.
1: We would not call a program that offered diabetic meals medically tailored. We would applaud what they're doing, but medically tailored, generally speaking in our vernacular, are the ability to multi-layer medical restrictions, dietary restrictions based on medical needs. So to be able to do a diabetic cardiac diet or a diabetic renal diet or a diabetic renal soft diet, um, that level of complexity in a meal that is generally scratch made is the unique definer of what a medically tailored meal program is. And that's just on the food side. The flip side of that would be uh, working directly with individuals and their healthcare provider to prescribe that diet, to do a nutrition uh, assessment, to offer nutrition counseling and nutrition education. It's more than just providing a meal, it's really about a nutrition intervention in the context of your healthcare.
0: An ability to handle different diets makes sense. Drop the food component for a moment and think about treating patients. A healthcare provider routinely needs to address multiple conditions at once and tailor the treatment plan to each person. But here, you're adding on an additional wrinkle. The treatment has to taste good.
1: To us, as food professionals, that means local ingredients, whole ingredients, beautifully prepared food, culturally appropriate food for the communities that we serve. Really trying to bring, not fancy food, but the comfort food that your grandmother made in your own culture and that's more likely to motivate any of us to eat. If it's like, oh my God, it's the cornbread my mother made or the beans and rice my grandmother made. But then it's about all of our patients have uh, dietary restrictions and the majority of patients, 72%, have more than one comorbidity. So they have more than one health issue that is impacting their diet. My best friend has diabetes that's led to kidney failure, blindness, inability to walk, isolation, uh, strokes, heart attacks, etc. He needs a diet that controls for glucose, potassium, phosphorus, vitamin K, and sodium. Almost none of us, unless you're an RDN, could go to your local market tonight and plan that diet. That's the intervention that community servings offers is to be able to do that multi-layering of medical diets so that much like a prescription, We're bringing you exactly what your doctor needs you to eat if you're unable to do it on your own.
0: This gives us a certain clinical and culinary bar to reach. It also might be a good time to point out that we're talking about a fully mature medically tailored meals program here. There are many programs at different stages of this work who participate in the conversation around food as medical treatment. I'm focusing on the far end of the development scale. We'll start to back it up now to talk about some other common features. One of these features is implicit in the idea that meals will be tailored to an individual patient's needs. To do that tailoring requires some form of referral system and mechanism for the meal provider to know a patient's condition and monitor progress on that condition.
1: Our relationship with a client or a patient starts typically with a referral from their healthcare. It could be their doctor, it could be a case manager, or or probably a care manager. Uh, within a hospital system or a health plan, we're going to see not their full medical record, but we're going to see basic health information that allows us to do a nutrition assessment and prescribe these multi-layered diets. Then they're going to get onto the service and we're going to offer them while they're on the service, unlimited access to nutrition counseling and education. Um, But there's also access to an RDN to counsel you because uh, you've lost your appetite because of chemo, you've developed GI issues because of a change in meds. It's a more intensive nutrition counseling opportunity than they might get through their health plan.
0: This next bit will either excite IT platform enthusiasts or scare the remaining 90% of the population. But I feel compelled to point out that there's an emerging field of electronic referral systems for community-based organizations who interface with healthcare practices, where you aren't necessarily privy to the full electronic health record, but you are sharing personal health information and meeting best practices for protecting that information. We won't go into details here, but suffice it to say, Community Servings has one of those systems, and it does two-way communications, add reports, and connects with health plans.
1: It's pretty exciting. It's one of the first in the country.
0: A secure fax also works. Getting back to the food prescriptions, we've covered the tailoring part, The next point is that food, to act as medicine, needs to be consistent. And it needs to be consistent in a lot of ways, certainly in the sense that the meals as produced need to match the prescription. But also, the patient has to consistently incorporate those meals into their diet. That's both a taste issue, as we've discussed, and a quantity issue. Medically tailored meals programs provide a high percentage of patients' daily nutritional needs, sometimes for the entire household. We're also looking at consistency across programs. The cuisine might change from the northern border of Vermont to the southern border of California, but the nutritional profile to treat a given set of conditions ought to remain the same.
1: We are working towards an accreditation program where all of our programs already follow the same nutrient guidelines based on best practices. So we're all following the same science but also making sure that we're following the same HIPAA regulations that we're working so that uh, the intervention you might get in Massachusetts is the same as you might get in California.
0: Much of the standardization involves clinical research, not simply operational practices. And we'll link more details in our show notes at plainerenglish.org. You can see how this is looking an awful lot like the sort of prescription your health insurance might cover. The treatment is tailored to your condition, the results happen in a short timeframe. The average treatment period at community servings is six to 12 months. There's a research-backed causation as well. Prescribe this meal, get this result. So what more do we need to add in? Two things. First is research on the relative costs of the intervention. A meals program might be great, but if it costs 10 times as much as the alternative treatment or has a margin of error where more expensive treatment is needed later on, that's reason for pause.
1: Community Servings was one of the leaders in doing research around proving an ROI, uh, return on investment by looking at claims data records for patients we had already fed. So a a retrospective study of healthcare costs for patients we fed where we saw 16% cost savings with significant drop in hospitalizations, referrals to skilled nursing, ambulance usage, uh, emergency room access, and really exciting to see that uh, your diet can have a significant impact on your healthcare, but also the cost of your healthcare. With that, we have grown from one uh, health plan contract to now 15 here in Massachusetts. And in each case, the health plan is negotiating a contract with us, setting up a referral portal, figuring out the criteria on who would qualify based on what they're particularly interested in and then a billing process and a price.
0: Note one big caveat here. These are payment systems built around a mature program. Startup costs are a whole different ballgame, and in those first generation medically tailored meals programs, they came from philanthropy. That philanthropy funded a lot of experimentation and learning that can help new programs get to the same place much faster. But no one is flipping a switch and becoming a program like community servings overnight. The second factor can be summarized as our attitude towards food as medicine. And that has changed dramatically in the last several years.
1: I've been doing this work for 30 years. And it occurs to me over the last four or five years that we're building a whole new field here. The idea of food and medically tailored meals in the context of healthcare is something that no healthcare person would talk to me about. Five or six, seven years ago before the dawn of the ACA and the change in payment structures. Um, So it's tremendously exciting. This is a national movement. It is led primarily by the Food is Medicine coalition of medically tailored meal programs. In the context of social determinants, there are there are many great needs from housing to education, workforce development, transportation. I think that one of the reasons food is getting so much attention. Is that there's better data, it's a more downstream, near term savings, and that in the context of social determinants, medically tailored meals, and I'm biased, looks the most like healthcare. It is prescribed, it is individual in terms of what you need, much like who's getting which prescription, pharmaceutical. And so I think there's a great opportunity for food in the context of healthcare, specifically within the Medically Tailored Meal program.
0: These changing attitudes bring us to the final piece in the puzzle, cultivating the new generation of programs and helping them take root in all regions of the country. Towards this end, the Food is Medicine Coalition has launched an accelerator program for nonprofit organizations interested in medically tailored meals.
1: We look for programs that already are in the food business and already have a commercial kitchen. We're not teaching people how to cook, nor are we teaching people how to raise the $10 million to build a commercial kitchen. So generally speaking, if you're not a medically tailored meal provider, you're probably either a Meals on Wheels provider, a school nutrition program, or a food bank that may have a community kitchen is generally who we're talking to. And what we've experienced in our first year of the accelerator is that programs know how to cook. They they know how to cook in volume. They don't necessarily know the complexity of multi-layered diets because you have to make the right food for the right person, first of all, and get that to them. But you also have to, you know, does your beef and starch and vegetable fit a renal diet today? Does it fit a, a diabetic? Do that, does it fit both? All of that kind of complexity. But one of the places that is most unique, well, working with insurers is unique, and knowing how to work, speak the parlance of healthcare. But equally unique is working with clients in an individual basis as opposed to an aggregate basis. If you if you think that many programs provide one intervention, one product, one dinner for everybody, it's for seniors, or it's how many people are in line at your pantry at the food bank, and the idea of knowing uh what david's health needs are what my a1c level is and billing for me and tracking my individual deliveries and reporting them to your health plan is completely outside the norm of most nonprofit food programs it's much closer to case management which is not something that most food programs do so teaching that i think is key Understanding the insurance regs in your state, where are the opportunities within Medicaid, within Medicare, within private insurance for reimbursement, and how do you talk the language of healthcare? how do you cite the research, how do you set up a billing program, all of those things are sort of outside the norm of we know how to cook uh, and we know how to feed the community or feed low-income neighbors as it might be.
0: The Accelerator is working with its first cohort now. Meanwhile, in states that have an Anchor Medically Tailored Meals program, we see strategic work to expand either the reach of the original program or to support more pilots or both. To find out more about these and other projects and get links to resources from community servings, please visit our show notes at plainerenglish.org. And to hear more about what's happening here in Vermont, tune in to future episodes of the Policy in Plainer English podcast. Oh, hey.